Good morning, y'all. And happy Lord's Day. Thank you. <clears throat> Guys, um, today's readings are absolutely incredible. Uh, they focus, especially that second reading, Hebrews, on discipline. Discipline is necessary. I remember as a kid, um, I don't know if I shared this with y'all before, but I remember as a kid, um, I, was, I guess I was being a bit kanai, and my dad had about enough of it. And uh, he was with some of his friends, and he, he told me, he said, son, he said, you better behave. He said, I'm going to take my belt off. We all know what that means. And I didn't listen to him. <laughs> and I just kept doing my little thing. And, uh, and so he got a little more frustrated. He said, he said son, I'm serious. If you don't stop, I'm going to take off my belt. And you don't want me to do that. I kept going. <laughs> so for the third time, my dad said, that's it. He said, go to the back. So he took me to the back. He took his belt off. I never did that again, right? <laughs> Discipline is necessary, right? It is necessary for us in growing up as children. And so this is a good thing. Sometimes it's seen as a bad word, but if we don't discipline, we never grow, right? I remember as a gymnast, my coach, I mean, he disciplined us. You know, he told us what we were doing wrong because, not because he hated us or because he thought we were a bad gymnast, but because he actually saw something great inside of us. And if he didn't point it out, well, we would never become the state champions that we wanted to be. You know, I was uh, preparing for the homily, and, uh, and I contacted a couple of our coaches on campus. I'm not going to say their names. They were anonymous, but uh, two really incredible men. And I asked them two questions. I said, can you tell me why do athletes need discipline, number one? And number two, why do you as a coach discipline an athlete? And their response was awesome. I'm actually, I printed it out, and, uh, and I'm going to keep it in my Bible just because I loved what they said. So I want to share some of their thoughts with you because it's relevant for today's readings. One of the coaches said, I think athletes need discipline because they learn to sacrifice certain things in order to be successful. The average Nichols athlete will have three things that will consume most of their time. Social life, academics, and athletics. He says they can excel in two, but rarely do they excel in all three. So you can imagine which, one, which two they normally choose, right? <laughs> Acad academics, <laughs> athletics, and social life, right? He says, this is really cool, he says, There's a small circle of some who sacrifice their nights going out on town, Thursday nights downtown, um, and hours of video games. And those, he says, usually have a higher GPA, and they will receive more athletic awards. They disciplined themselves. They didn't go out whenever everybody else was going out. They knew what they had to do. They had their mind focused on a goal. He says, um, as a coach, he says they discipline their guys because it's a basic principle of them being successful. As coaches, we have more than likely been there, and it's our job to guide them in the right direction. Discipline usually includes doing something you don't like to do, studying or putting extra work in in the fields. I like this part. He says, I like to tell our guys to wake up first thing and make your bed. No one wants to make their bed just whenever they wake up. All right? I love that little bitty discipline of just making your bed first thing in the morning. It's going to have an effect on the rest of their days. It's the little things in discipline that really make the big differences. He says, but if they do it every day, they start doing other things that they don't want to do, such as Staying clean shaved, which is a baseball guy rule. 
and completing their study hall hours. I like this part. Doing the little things right over and over leads to the big things down the road. So if we're successful in the little things, basically, then when the big challenges come, you're going to succeed at those because you've trained in the small areas. The other coach um, in a different sport um, echoed the same exact thing. But I like how he, he brought something out that was different. Um, he speaks of that importance of the little things, of the discipline and the little things, but then he adds this. He says, he says this requires of us coaches to be disciplined in how we interact and how we handle all situations that we might encounter with the team. So I like that part. Like, it's not just the coach disciplining the athlete, but the coach has to be disciplined himself. And that's super important to realize that because of the implications that it has in our personal life, but also in our spiritual life. And so I want to draw that parallel because today's second reading from Hebrews speaks to us about the Lord disciplining us. So if mothers and fathers and coaches have this ability to discipline, to be able to see something great in the other person and know that if they're not disciplined, that greatness will never come out. That's the purpose of discipline. Not because we hate the kid or the athlete, but because we see something great in them and without the discipline, it'll never come out. So the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 4 that the Lord does the same thing to us. He says, my sons, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor lose courage when you are punished by him. For the Lord disciplines him whom he loves. Right? How does this work? How does the Lord discipline us? Right? We don't actually hear these audible voices for the most part, but it's our heart that gets convicted. Doesn't it? So whenever I do something that's wrong, that goes against the commandments, your heart's going to feel it. These are usually the things we go to confession for, right? And so that's the discipline of the Lord. He molds us. And not because he hates us, but because he loves us and he wants us to be great saints. He knows what we've been created for because he created us, right? And so he wants that to come out inside of us. I love this next line. It says, endure your trials as discipline right so this is an action on my part my trials that I have you've got your trials I've got my trials he says endure your trials as discipline well, what does that mean how do I do this well <clears throat> it can be simple things I remember my nanny uh, growing up I was a teenager she had bone cancer for three years how does she endure her trial I never ever remember her complaining at all Every time I'd walk into her room, she would ask me about my day, how things are going, how gymnastics was going, or I'd hear her singing the Ave Maria, or she was praying her rosary. In three years, I never remember her complaining. It was incredible. She endured her trial with courage and with a strength that rocked my world, and I remember it to this very day. A great witness. I remember even just a little thing whenever I was in the seminary. Um, I loved working with youth. And I was invited while I was in the seminary to go and speak at Abbey Youth Fest. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Abbey Youth Fest or ever heard of it, but this is a huge youth festival that brings in a few thousand teenagers from all over the area. To be asked to go speak at Abbey Youth Fest was a great honor. And it was one thing, at one point in my life, I'd have jumped on it in a heartbeat. 
But the interior, that wasn't what I was training for. I wasn't training to be a youth director anymore. I was training to be a priest. And so I had to let go of that. It was the interior of the heart. I had to say, no, I can't go do it. That's not what God is calling me to. So it was a discipline inside that I had to strengthen. Did it hurt? (laughs) Absolutely. I had to go talk to my spiritual director about it because everything in me wanted to go and speak to these young people. It was a good thing. Bringing the gospel to them, it's an awesome thing. But it's not what I was training for. I was on a different training field, and I had to focus on that, right? We see that with other things. Anger, right? Anger is always a big, a, a common sin that most people will struggle with at some point in their life, right? How do we discipline ourselves in anger? Well, we do it as parents with little kids, don't we? Go take a time out. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, how are you disciplining your kid in anger? It means don't react on the emotion. Stop. Breathe, take a time out, go to the next room, and then come in once the anger is passed. That's discipline. That's the discipline of the heart that the scriptures speak about. The Lord disciplines us in these ways, and we, we, um, we cooperate in that. Continuing on in Hebrews, he says, For at the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Isn't that true? Coaches, you know this. Athletes, you know this very well. (laughs) Being out on the field whenever you don't want to be out on the field is hard. Everything in your body wants to just collapse and the coach is pushing you even harder. Well, why is he doing this? Well, to to draw the best out of us, to push us to the limits, right? At the moment, it's painful. Not going to Abbey Youth Fest in the moment was painful, but it had great rewards because it focused me, right? Right? So at the moment, discipline's painful. Suffering is painful. He says, rather, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness so that those who have been trained by it, right? We've been trained by discipline in the spiritual life so that whenever big temptations come, we can overcome them. Whenever I was in high school, I was, my mind was focused on one thing. That was, that was being state champion, right? And then hopefully one day going to the Olympics, which didn't happen, but that's beside the point. But as long as I was focused, I was able to discipline myself. I, I missed things. I was working out three hours a day, Monday through Friday. I missed things at school. I missed homecoming, right? I missed things that all my friends were doing. Why? Because I was focused and disciplined on one thing. So the question of what are you focused on helps with our discipline, right? That's important for us to know. What are we training for? It's an important question. Because if I just, it's like hard for me to just go out and run for the heck of it if I don't have a goal, if I don't have something I'm training towards, right? It's important. What are we training for? Why does the Lord want us disciplined in these little things? Well, it's because of the gospel reading. Luke's gospel says it. He says, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. You see, we have this concept in our modern day that everybody goes to heaven, right? They even had a movie, all dogs go to heaven. woo right? But we have this concept that God is a merciful God. He loves me. He's going to let me go to heaven and all these kind of things. But Jesus is clear. The scriptures are clear Not everybody goes to heaven. Strive to enter, he says, through the narrow door. 
For many, I tell you, will try and not make it. That's a scary thought. How do we make it? It's through the disciplines, through the little things. It's not just about showing up on Sunday. It's not just about getting confirmed. It's, it's about doing the little things in our daily life that maybe nobody sees, that make the difference, that draw us deeper into that relationship with our Father. It's the little things. And they continue to say, they're like, Lord, they're knocking at the door because he closed it. And they're like, Lord, let us in. And he's like, I don't know who you are. And they're like, well, we ate and drank with you. You came to our streets. We heard you talk. He says, I tell you, I don't know who you are. Depart from me. Whew. I don't want to hear those words. But sometimes that's what we think. If I do the right thing, if I check off the box, if I go to mass, if I become a priest, if I become a CCD teacher, get involved in the church, then I'm going to get to heaven. No, not necessarily. It's that relationship. I can do the right things but if I don't have that perseverance, that discipline inside, I might not get there, right? And that's what the reality of what we're faced with. It's the difference between friendship and acquaintance. We know that well, don't we? Your friends are the people who know you intimately. You want to spend time with them. And whenever the day ends, you don't want that time to end. You'll say goodbye at the kitchen and you'll say goodbye at the door and you'll walk outside and you'll say goodbye there and you don't want the time to end with friends. But then there's acquaintances. That's just the people that you might have had a drink with one night, had a supper with one night, but you don't really know them. Not necessarily the person you want to spend all of eternity with, <laughs> but you know your friends. That's what Jesus is getting at. It's about relationship. And if we, want, if we have that relationship here in this world with Jesus, we want to spend time with him then we're going to want to spend all of eternity with him. If I know him here, in the little ways, the small disciplines, then I will make it. These are things that I like to call our non-negotiables. These small things. Sometimes we complicate the spiritual life and we have to do these big things. It's not about that. It's about the small ones. What's my non-negotiables? It's a good question to ask ourselves. What are the things in my spiritual life that I'm going to do no matter what? No matter if I feel like doing them or I don't feel like doing them. No matter if it's snowing outside or, or raining outside or a beautiful day. No matter what, even if I'm at a hotel, what am I going to do that I'm non-negotiable, I'm doing it. Every athlete knows they have to have non-negotiables. They can go the extra mile, good. Stay on the field a few extra, a few extra minutes, good. But what's your non-negotiable? I'll just throw a few out to you. Playing on the hymns of what the coaches said about making your bed first thing in the morning. That's a really cool discipline. It's one that I've been doing for probably since I was in the seminary. You don't always want to do that. But I would say bump it up one notch. I always put a little cross on my bed and then a picture of Mary leaning up against my pillow. So after I make my bed, I put them on it and I kneel down and just say three Hail Marys. Small discipline. Doesn't take much time, but it's a non-negotiable when I'm home, right? <clears throat> Other little things. You might want to say, I'm going to have coffee with Jesus every morning, and I'm going to read my scriptures for five minutes. Non-negotiable. Small things. Doesn't have to be a big deal. So I would just say throughout your day, what are your non-negotiables, right? What are those things that are going to build that relationship and discipline yourselves? Because this is, this is why, and this is how the, the scripture ends in hope. 
It says, therefore, lift up your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. I love that image. That drooping hand, you're tired. You're tired of reaching out. Sometimes we get that way in the spiritual life. I'm tired of reaching out to the Lord. I'm tired of struggling over and over with the same things and reaching out to him saying, Lord, help me. Sometimes we get tired. Our hands get droopy, right? This is St. Peter. Remember St. Peter, whenever Jesus was in the, walking on the water, he was in the storms and he said, Peter, come on, come walk on the water. Jesus did not calm the storm before he walked on water. And Peter had faith and he had to step out of the boat and step onto the water. And Peter lost his faith. He turned around. He looked at the past. He saw what was behind him. He focused on the storm and he took his eyes off of Jesus. And what happened to Peter, it was that little discipline that he did it for a little while and then he sank. But Jesus went and grabbed his drooping hand and pulled him back up, got him to the water. But it was that little bit of moment, that little bit of discipline that, you know what? <laughs> he walked on water. <laughs> I don't know anybody else who did that. None of the other guys on the boat dared to get out of the boat. But in the midst of the storm, Peter walked on water for at least a couple steps. That's incredible. That's the discipline, right? So strengthen your drooping hands. If you're tired of going to the same thing over and over, reaching out to the Lord, let him strengthen you. Strengthen those weak knees. Boy, that's encouraging. My knees are shot. <laughs> How, what does he mean, strengthen your weak knees? Make straight the path, he says. It means that sometimes this path that we're on, y'all, is hard. And sometimes we want to stop walking. Sometimes we want to get off of it because sometimes going up against people who may have different views than us, we're tired of talking about it. We're tired of getting into these things. We're tired of the journey. We just want to kind of give up. Like, dude, like... It's tough. The spiritual life to be a Christian, to follow Jesus is hard. But strengthen your weak knees, the scripture says. Let the Lord, the Holy Spirit, strengthen us. Say, Lord, when I don't want to continue, when everything inside of me just wants to collapse, strengthen me, Holy Spirit. Let me make the next step. I don't know if I can make the next mile, but I'll make the next step. And that's what we're called to. One step at a time, one moment at a time, one small discipline at a time. And we will achieve the goal. What is the goal? It's to get to heaven. <laughs> if I know what my goal is, I can endure anything. An athlete can endure anything if they know what their goal is. Same thing with us. If my goal and your goal is to get to heaven, then those little disciplines along the way will build us up to overcoming the big things that we're faced with in life because we will know that God is faithful in the small things and he will not let us down when it comes to the big things. And so if our goal is heaven, keep your eyes on it. And so the question is today in this mass, Lord, what do you need to discipline inside of me? What one little thing, focus on one, not on all of them. Focus on one. What's the one thing today, Lord, that you want to discipline? And give me the grace to cooperate. A coach can give an athlete all the advice he wants. But if the athlete doesn't take the advice and begin to practice it, he'll never achieve it. So let us do the same thing. Lord, discipline me. One little thing. Let me do it and do it well and practice it until it's perfected. 
and then we'll move on to the next. Amen?